It's like living with a six-year-old. I still go on play dates. I just call them play dates so I can go out with Eric and Paul and Adam. <laughs> you sound like his mom. He likes sports too. You guys would be such good friends. I'll do all the technical aspects. Adam will be the face. Paul will be the muscle. And then Eric will be oh, the sales guy. We're screwed from the muscle. <laughs> I handed, the muscle and the troubadour. I handed a jar to my son to open the other day, so we're in bad <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of the Four Fathers Podcast, where we talk about faith, family, and other F-words. here i just wanted to take a moment and butt in to let you guys know about a big event we're planning in january just like last year if you remember uh we held a live show right at the beginning of the year kind of did a 2020 year in review well we're gonna do that again but we're gonna do it a little differently this time the difference is is besides our usual conversation we want to invite you in on the action and the experience so what do you need to do to do this well, first thing you need to do is mark on the calendars for January 11th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in big, bold font, Forefathers Live Show. Second thing is, we want you to share this. Let's share our podcast, post a review, add an iTunes like, do anything you can to be able to spread the love about the Forefathers podcast. Invite your friends, your family, your relatives, your coworkers, people you love, people you hate. We all want them in on the action. Then as we get closer to our event, pay attention to our descriptions and uh, podcast releases for the live show link. We promise though, once we get closer to the, the time frame of the actual show launch in January, we'll post it to all our social media feeds and Facebook pages. So keep an eye out there, chime in on the action and be part of the experience. So as always, Keep your friends, your family, and other efforts to yourself. Moving on. Hello, and welcome to the Forefathers Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Adma. <laughs> I'm Fife. And I'm Paul. This is a podcast about faith, fatherhood, friendship, and other F words like finances. So today we're talking about finances and specifically where we learned about finances and budgeting and what financial assumptions that we brought into marriage versus how we found common ground now with our spouses or have we stay tuned to find out so on next guys, episode let, let's start with how you <laughs> this episode all right so it's gonna it's a spicy one for some reason we're all kind of a little punchy um there may have been cigarette involved with one of us anyway so and, we'll tacos. See. and tacos and tacos which always makes us a little spicy at both ends. So guys, let's start out with how you handled money prior to marriage. So it's, it, this is really kind of a funny conversation. I, I feel like when I think back to being, you know, a uh, late teen, early 20, something like an adult with college kid kind of thing, and then graduating from college and having a job, um, I feel like I, I had a lot of good, some really good financial lessons. Like my parents taught me how to balance my checkbook. I knew how to use Quicken to keep track of what I was spending. Um, I had I had an understanding of investing, which I don't think a lot of kids my age had, which I thought was really cool. Um, but it's really funny, like the way I spent my money. I, just to be clear, like 
I lived with my parents until I got married. Like I moved out of my parents' house the day after I got back from my honeymoon. So, and, and they never really charged me rent. And so, you know, it's funny. I had jobs in high school and college and after I got out of college. But the thing that was funny is I never had to pay for any of my bare necessities. And so I think when I got married, I didn't prioritize them. <laughs> like my finances went to things like going out to eat, buying a video game console, going out to eat, going out to eat, <laughs> like paying for gas, you know, and, and while I knew Disney, how to tr- Disney, right. <laughs> Disney. And while I knew how to track what I was spending, I don't think I really understood how to do things like budget, like to, to plan for where I was going to spend it. Like I could tell you where it went the next month, but I couldn't tell you what, the, what I was doing with it. And then on top of that, I had a pretty unhealthy relationship with debt. And I actually blame Adam for that. Wow. Because it comes I, out. Yeah. I got my first credit card the day I started college. I went down to the college bookstore. And Adam helped and you max like, it out? No. No, 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 no. I did not. Not, not that uh, day. But it came. Not directly. <laughs> not that day. <laughs> so I went down and I walked into the bookstore and the books were flipping expensive. Like, I think I spent like $350 the first day I was getting books. And I didn't have any money for that. And and they told me that if I signed up for a credit card, they'd give me a T-shirt. So it was like, yes, I get clothing. Of course, they only had an extra large books. T-shirt at like forty-five percent. <laughs> right, 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 right. It, I think it was. I think it was an honest twenty-six percent credit card. Like every time you charged it and didn't pay, it was twenty-six percent. So that's how I started debt, and then I didn't really pay attention to it, and then. When Adam graduated high school, which was a couple years after that, he's like, hey, dude, I'm going to Disney World. You want to come? It's my graduation trip. So I was like, sure, I'll go. But again, didn't budget anything. But I need a ticket. Can you buy mine? Took my credit card <laughs> and basically like, went to Disney World like no holds barred. Like the first night we went to this place called Artist Point, which was like one of the highest end restaurants on the entire campus of Disney World. We, and we, we bought dinner for like a hundred dollars a piece. It was absolutely we duck, absurd. We had like, lamb, we had we rabbit. Had rabbit. Yeah, I mean it was it was an well, awesome meal. We still try to collect those vegans out there. And so when I got done, I had a maxed out credit card. Now the good news is these guys would only give me $3,500 in credit. It wasn't like a credit card I could get now where they'd give me like a $20,000 limit or yeah, a $30,000 right. limit. Right. Like, but still, and, and I didn't have any understanding of how to pay that off. And so, you know, I would just pay the minimum payment. I kind of ignored the part of the card. Like, you know, when they send you the bill, they have to tell you if you pay your minimum balance, you will be paid off in 35 years. If you're lucky, yeah. if you're lucky, yeah. like I ignored that part of the page. I never looked at that. I just looked at the payment required and I would pay that. Yeah. Um, and so before I got married, like, I, and, and actually that kept me from being able to do things. There's actually things I wasn't able to do because I couldn't cover the monthly expenses of the card and do what I was trying to do. Like I tried to go into disciples of training school and they didn't accept me because when I looked at the fundraising, I had to raise something stupid like $8,000 in order to be away for the year just to cover my, most of it was to cover my credit card payments. So like, you know, just stupid stuff like that. And so like 
when you talk about what did I, what were my assumptions? My assumptions was, were I'd have credit cards. I probably would make enough money to pay for my bills, but I didn't really care as long as I could go out to eat with my friends. <laughs> um, I knew how to, like I said, I knew how to report on my money, but I didn't know how to budget my money or control where it went. I just knew how to tell you where it went. Um, yeah, and I, the traditional form of accounting. <laughs> hey, well, I can tell you the past story, but not the present. Right. And, and my priorities were way messed up when it came to money. Like, it was all about things that had no real, I shouldn't say no real lasting value. Going out to eat can be an investment in relationship. And I think that's how I justified it in my head. <clears throat> There's a lot more affordable ways to invest in relationship that don't require you to invest in debt. So, I know we we experienced both of those when you were riding on high on the horse and when you weren't. So yeah. <laughs> you know it's a balance. So I, I think that's kind of where I started. Yeah, but. that's. I was gonna say it's just like it, you touched on like everything, but the funny thing for me was the opposite. Like you went, you kind of had a very like succinct, short, like move out of house, get married. You know, there was not really a like a gap in between mm -hmm. where you're. Yeah out finding yourself or out living on your own. I was really like kind of the only one in the group who like had his own apartment and, you know, I was making pretty good money consulting and, you know, buying $25,000 vehicles because, you know, why wouldn't $13, I $13,000 car stereos? They weren't $13,000. It was like $1,500. My gosh. I'm on, credit, like on credit. That's, <laughs> that's like $6,500 a dolphin. I mean, there are two dolphins, right? So, I mean, Yeah, five. That's a that's a good point. Man, so. I have to say, they were pretty. They, they were, were pretty. Yeah. yeah, you guys all loved the music while the, the the car was still rolling. It's like if I shut it all off, you got annoyed. So I don't care. I I got the benefit of you know being the cool kid and living high on the horse and not learning from any you know solid money values whatsoever because I made more, but I also spent more. So because I always did live by the motto and somewhere along the line, I don't know where I picked it up the you know play hard um work hard type thing you know or play harder as you work hard you know kind of deal and so yeah. you know working you know making mad money was a great fun thing but you know like eric said i you know i played in the stock market with the, the same guys but we were just doing it for fun because it's like we had extra cash flying around so you know throwing a thousand dollars in the stock market to you know to lose it all tomorrow because you know apple stock decided to tank or microsoft's you know stock split and you got two dollars instead of four or something but you know that kind of stuff really just you know it was kind of fun things to just play around with from a financial perspective but i never really it took me a long time to really just like understand how to budget because I was always good at organizing my financial picture. I could tell you exactly what bucket and where it fell and how it fell, but I couldn't tell you that I was saving money and I was putting stuff away and thinking about for the future because when you're 20, you're like, you know, what do I, I mean, I got like 30 more years to look forward to. And you're not thinking like, Hey, if I start saving now and you know, when I hit 35, I could be retired and, you know, be able to do whatever I want. I mean, I was never thinking like that. And, you know, I only had a very short sighted picture of what mm. finances were. And I never really like my parents, like Eric said, uh, they, they sort of taught me how to manage my finances, but they didn't show me clearly how to control, like to tell it where to go basically is what it was. It was like, they were just showing me, Hey, this is how you deal with the buckets you have. 
and sometimes some buckets get filled up and you have to you know take longer to empty them and some you know, just never get filled up and that savings that you were tucking away well that just went away because you you know you made a mistake somewhere else it was like it was just more of like a fire brigade i was always shifting stuff around to try to make things work and mm. you know and then you lovely in the 1990s they introduced credit to you know 20 somethings and you know that was the worst you know thing you know well, from a 20 something perspective, it was great because it was like, oh, it's always everyone was told as it's free money. Woohoo! Jump on the bandwagon. I got like a thousand dollar credit card or fifteen hundred dollar. I can go out and buy dolphins and stereo and expense right. it, you know, and or or ha- be the first person on the block to have a cell phone in the car that costs five hundred dollars. You know, stupid, you know, decisions like that. Just, you know, in hindsight. I, if I could go back to my former self, that'd be one thing I'd be like, Hey idiot, you know, stop, you know, stop screwing around. Right. Think about in the future. I mean, it, it's a smart thing. And some of the things I wish I would did. Yeah. There's a lot of them, but you know, it's like you said, Eric, it's like, you just don't know what you don't know. And that's what causes a lot of strife. And then nevertheless, when you get into your marriage stuff and we'll talk about that down in a bit, but um, yeah, that can make it even worse. Yeah. So, Fife, when you 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 talked about, um, you know, you know, you, you left home, um, you were making pretty good money consulting. Did that? How did that impact your budget? Like you, you said, you, you know, things were kind of loose, so you were able to like you didn't have to budget too as tightly, maybe as you know other other folks, um, you know, moving out like cut, you live in month to month or whatever. It sounds like you were. So, how did that impact? like your view of, of finances and budgeting? Um, my view of it, I really didn't like, I w- it was short-sighted in, in, to basically summarize it. I didn't ever think like, okay, what do I need to do to think about planning for a rainy day? I like, as you said, I, I lived paycheck to paycheck and my paychecks were big. So it was like, Oh, okay. Well, as long as I paid my rent and I paid my electricity and the cable was still on and I had, you know, uh, a trip to BJ. So I had all the ramen I wanted and everything else like that. Then whatever was left over was pretty much spend however you like. And it, you know, really should have been, you know, Hey, let's, let's put these into places that, you know, they can earn money to earn money and you can, you know, be more successful down the road. And it, it, it's, it's delayed gratification is really what it was that, you know, I was, you know, not seeking. And so, what I ended up doing was just buying a lot of things that just, you know, became, you know, fads or something to, you know, chase the, the, the Joneses with. And yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, we all do it and we all have our own devices that kind of draw us to, you know, I got to have it because I want to either, you know, stay with the Joneses or I want to, you know, just have it to have it. And, you know, the problem with that is knowing what's reality and, you know, what, what your, what your future looks like. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, Fife. So it's so Adam. It sounds like both Eric and Fife had understood the tools, like uh, you know QuickBooks and uh, you know investing and, and and budgeting. But maybe some of the behavior was left a little bit to be desired. What about you? How, what was your uh, uh, mine um, was, experiences? Mine was pretty similar to Romanex. Uh, and my parents, again, to reiterate, Eric uh, showed us how to how to balance a checkbook and how to, how to balance your, your savings account, but never really focused in on the vesting part on, on why is it important to, to save your money and not just go 
well, I don't, I don't really have to take care of A, B, and C right now because it's not really in my warehouse. So I have all this extra stuff that I can, can go with. And so you end up with either at, at points either overdrawing or at points barely, barely making it to the to the end of the month and mm. waiting for that next paycheck to come without really taking into consideration. Oh no, I, I, I actually have a, a steady. I mean, at that point. It was a it was a steady steady income, but wasn't anything to write home to the parents about. But but uh, having the advantage of of knowing that hey, they're, they're putting a putting a budget in in place and and putting a uh, putting plans in place and and it kind of it rolled into into my marriage and and uh, that's why I have a godsend who was the exact opposite of me. <laughs> and so but what obviously we'll we'll talk further as we get into that but but yeah in the in the beginning it was more yeah i knew how to balance my checkbook and make sure that hey that that the this the statement at the end matches up what the bank is telling me yeah but right. but but there was never really a, a re, there was never a realization of hey you should actually be doing more because there is more opportunity than the now so Yep. And and getting the so, latest thing that this that and the other so similar so, stories <laughs> so so quick raise of hands how many um you know lived in the Wait, overdraw- you can't raise your can't no. raise your hand because yes, no can. one can see oh. this on a podcast <laughs> they can they, we just tell them how how many um paid uh, for the most of the banks VPs and executives to go on their trips to Hawaii many, many through overdraft <laughs> I mean, oh dude I used overdraft <laughs> yeah. oh. I, I basically survived on overdraft. It's it's really funny because I think we're gonna talk about how this interaction helped with our wives. Like my wife wouldn't even look at our finances until I stopped playing with make believe money. <laughs> right, like, exactly. <laughs> you were like, oh, like, cool. Let me borrow this. <laughs> and the overdraft was a part of that. Like they gave me a thousand dollars of overdraft. I didn't even consider the checking account as my checking account. I considered the overdraft. As part of my <laughs> right, you're like the bank gave me like, a thousand dollars to invest. Yeah, it'll help me all the time. Woo-hoo! <laughs> you're like it's just buffer. <laughs> That's right, and yeah, I'm going to well, use all yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's more like the poor tax is is right. how I how I saw that. So that was certainly my experience. I mean, I think that that basically sums up um, my experiences prior to getting married. Is you know, I realized that there was no buffer. Like when you ran out of money, you ran out of money. Like it just you know, and so, um, but, you know, I got my first job, you know, at a, at a high school at you know, Market Basket and started to learn like taxes and just, you know, having a little bit of money and how to, you know, budget and the times that, you know, I needed to keep this, fi- you know, back then, you know, this $5 for the, for gas for the week or whatever. Right. Um, and figure that out. Um, and then, then I went to college and I got a credit card, uh, and um, I got to the point where to tr- tell you how bad I was with money, I actually had to take a cash advance out of the credit card to pay oh. my checking account because I went negative on my checking account, oh. which is bad on so many levels. And that, I will that's say like how the government runs there. Yeah, <laughs> dude, seriously. Congratulations, Paul. You're financial. Uh, you're head of the, the federal government. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, come on in Wall Street. I have some things I want to show you. Uh. Um, but I definitely didn't understand how credit cards work. And I definitely didn't understand that you, to that point about the minimum balance, that they would just let you pay that forever. And that if you kept it balanced month to month, 
you paid interest like on that and you you paid there was a a charge there and i just i didn't understand any of that until we took the um the course the well i'm sure we'll get into uh dave ramsey's uh course um and i just it, it was it was a whole new a whole new um uh thing to me and I, I will say too you know so i got the credit card and i went and you know my big purchase was my strat i went into guitar center it was the first electric guitar i ever bought it was a u.s made strat so it was on the pricey side it was 700 and of course you got to get an amp <laughs> so like you walk out <laughs> with the guitar and an amp and like so the and first a cable. So, and a foot and a, pedal yeah, and a cable yeah exactly no no and then you stand actually, at the intersection <laughs> but, as you and, board and the bus <laughs> yeah, and then you, you put you across the town exactly, exactly you sell your car you put the ski mask on so you can maybe hit up a couple of jewelry stores on the way home uh, um but yeah it was it was rough and like i said i think it was um i I'm not sure I had the the tools, but there was definitely a sense of urgency. There was definitely of uh, like I understood like when I was doing the cash advance thing, I knew this is bad, but I didn't exactly know why. Like, oh, so good. like I understand how bad it was and with the interest. And of course, I love you know I lived on overdraft. I remember calling my bank, being like, "Look, I got paid, and then you overdrafted. Like, what's going on? Like, why couldn't like." they overdrafted first and then I got paid. I'm like, no, 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 just flip those around and I'll be good. Like, it happened the same day, man. Like, come on, help me out. All right. How you bastards. Um, so thankfully, Adam, like, as you allude to, alluded to, um, I, I, I married someone that was, uh, that is quite good with money and, and helped me understand things. So, so let's, let's talk about that. So we had, we came in with our assumptions, um, about how finances and budgeting w- worked, whether it's from our own experience or from watching our, our parents and family. Um, so guys, you get, you get married. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, how you got on the same page with your wife. And then what was that? What was that like? Like what needed to, she, she took everything <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah, in Adam's case, Adam's case, it was like, um, yeah, here, put the handcuffs on, and he's I good. Mean, but yeah. I mean, God, it, it's funny to see like all the go looking back and all the times that God was there in those situations, and it's and I, it, it takes me a while <laughs> to learn things. Yeah, to learn a lot of things, <laughs> and I'm still learning. But but um, but yeah, no, it, it it's it's uh been a been a been a gradual walk because i mean there are points where where if i don't lead as an example then your opposite your your spouse gets to the point of like well why am i doing all this work and then changes bad behaviors into worse things you know and so so it's 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 a constant like no i don't need that 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 dunkin donuts cost in the in the morning when i when i drive down to the city and yes, it's better for me to make coffee in the morning and not just go blow. Oh, it's only six bucks. Well, six bucks adds up multiple times. And by the, by the next thing you know, that's now up to 50 or $60 you're spending on food and travel. And, and it's not, yeah. it's not a situation. Of, it's, it's the small things for me. It's, yeah. it's the small things that kind of ruin, ruin the, the, the budgeting and planning, sticking to those. And, and I have, I have good days and I have bad days and the same, same with my wife. I mean, she'd say the same thing. There'd be days where she, she not, not as worse as I am, but, but being able to be diligent in that and understanding and, and, and just understanding the, you have to stop and, and, and understand really realize the effects that it has on other people. 
because you can just continue to do it and be like, oh, it doesn't. But if, until you grasp that, it's really hard to change, you know. And yeah. and yeah, am I great? Is- am I great at it? I'm I'm I try to be as as good. And and there are some times where it's that discussion, like don't spend anything, like don't don't spend anything. We we're at this point. We 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 got to stay within within our means. Don't don't spend anything. So, but but it really comes to that. For me, it comes to that realization that I'm I'm not just affecting me. I'm affecting others, mm. and that and that effect goes into other other areas of life and other areas of 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 relationship too. And so so and, and I yeah I I don't want to say oh I'm great at it. There there are times I do really good. And we really do well. And then there are times where I fall and that fall, that fall takes other people with me because they, they end up saying, well, I'm just going to do it too, you know? And so, so being, being that, knowing that I, knowing that there's a shepherding in that, you know, and, and my wife's remarkable with money and she's, she's really good. And so she, she leads the budget and we have discussions about certain, certain big, big aspects of, of, Hey, what are we doing here? And then coming together and saying, do we need this? Do we really need this, this aspect? Do we really need, do we really need to be paying for X, Y, and Z? Cause we never watch it, you know, and things yeah. like that. And, and, yeah. and seeing what, Hey, where can we, where can, so I'm, I'm kind of good at looking at aspects of like, Hey, let's tighten here. Let's tighten there. Um, and then, and then I'm, I'm, I, I pretty much listen to the boss. <laughs> it's really, really what it comes down to, or try as, as best as I can. <laughs> Born in the USA. <laughs> I just crank them but, on and I put my white t-shirt on and my yeah, tight jeans and, and we start and, dancing. And, and, hey, and Adam, there's been, I, I don't think you should buy that Starbucks. <laughs> Thanks, boss. Was that Darren? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, maybe. That's not a good boss. Sorry. That one, yeah. but, um, I have no idea where to start with no, that. That'd be, that's the worst coffee ever. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, uh, and I just lost my train of thought. So I'll come back so to you in a minute. Sorry. Take a bus. Take a bus. Yeah, it's, you know, Maybe it's because I'm the wisest and the oldest of this group. Um, sorry, I'll let that sink in there. Um, Definitely oldest and wisest. Play drunkest. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say drunk. Slightly buzzed, but not drunk. Um, it is, it, it, as Adam kind of alluded to, it's it's very much a a process of. Uh, how you deal with self and so self is a big thing like you you always want stuff and stuff is a thing that you learn as a kid very long at least i learned a long time especially in my 20s and even in my 30s is that you know status and 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 things like that equate to having things so if you need those things to prove status you know with the peers and the people you're around for whatever reason you're trying to fill you have to understand and address that 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 hole that you're trying to just keep pour pour stuff into to make people think like you know you're 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 this or you're you're not this or you're you're at this level in you know your you know your your overall financial you know picture of your life for me that was like uh it was almost sort of like how uh, you know people deal with addictions is like they they hit rock bottom and when you hit rock bottom you finally come to the point that's like okay you need to say 
what do I need to you know get to to live the basics? Because when you have nothing at that point and you're just like living literally barely paycheck to paycheck, you just kind of sit there and go, well, why am I doing this? Like what all of that mound of debt that I just kept like trying to hope that I was going to rob Peter to rob Peter to pay Paul as the old, old adage. And, you know, I hate using that statement, but there's a lot everybody of everybody should pay Paul. Uh, exactly right. You know, Paul would be rich by then. Uh, he Paul wouldn't agrees. have He'd move to Goffstown, man. <laughs> but, you know, don't rob, Four don't out of five rob Pauls, Peter. You know? Don't rob Peter. Like, there's no, just ask Peter. Peter's a nice guy. I'm sure he'll give me some money. He's dumb as a rock, but, you know, he'll be fine. He'll get over it. <laughs> I hear um, silver and gold. Well, none. I mean, yeah, you, you get to the point where it's like, well, you, you learn quickly that you buy stuff, you have to maintain that stuff. <laughs> Well, well not so, even so it's the people. stuff. You have to maintain the status of it. You, like the stuff just fades. No, no, I mean, no, everything no, no, no. Yeah, that's not true. If you go out to eat, well, no, it is because you have to go to a better well, restaurant because you have to eat better food you because the food exercise. you had before. <laughs> well, right, that's an optional one because you can walk to the next restaurant and then you're exercising. Um, you know, for me, it was like uh, after like you guys him and haw and give me the hard time about the stereo and stuff like that. But that was like the rock bottom stuff for me. That once I got past that. I realized that, you know, okay, what's more invaluable in my life in terms both intrinsically and in a place that is going to be beneficial to the family as a whole? Because once you get married, dude, you are, you know, you're two people with two different thought processes and, you know, two different, you know, walks of life trying to merge, you know, on a, you know, a, a three lane highway down to one lane at 65 miles an hour. It's like, that's literally the best way I can describe it because you're going so fast and you're adjusting to family and you're adjusting to kids and somebody else's, you know, problems and issues. And you're all trying to juggle that. And you really can't like make it all work because you've already built this mound of debt that you just kind of, you know, drove a truck in and dumped it on top of your marriage and said, Hey, guess what? We're home. And you know, you're, you're stuck sorting all that out. And so that process, I know for me, it's a long, long process. And I'm, there's, you know, you throw kids in that, and you throw everything else on that, and that just makes the process even longer because you can't achieve the goals because once you, you know, you get smart and you're like, hey, okay, we've got the process now. Let's get this down. And, and then, you know, guess what? Billy needs another pair of sneakers for, you know, school or, you know, um, you know, fill in the blank. I mean, we all have gone through it, you know, like Paul just mentioned about sneakers um, for, you know, or cleats or whatever for, you know, um, basketball, basketball, yeah. Basketball shoes. And so don't wear like, cleats. yeah, don't wear cleats on a court, you know, don't take my <laughs> advice. And that is not helpful. Um, public service message brought to you by Fife. Um, the, uh, all of that, you know, just keeps adding stuff. So while you're trying to think you're un, you know, undoing it, you just, you know, you just gotta slowly be patient. And that's what I've learned out of all of this is that it's a patience, the process of getting out is harder and longer. It's not as quick as it took to get in. And that's what I think the biggest thing I learned. It's it's yeah. so faster to tumble down the hill than it is to hike up the hill. Well, you know, and that's, isn't that usually, I mean, yeah. that's one of the staples of, of walking with Christ is that it's never, never an easy fix. It's never a, all right, well, I messed up. So let's go on. No, <laughs> there's, right. there's stages to that. There's, there's late there's levels to that because there's a, a could either come with just a uh a, a better understanding or it could become it could be just a internal I, internal working of people's hearts to get them to that to that point where where they realize you know and that's the biggest thing is realize it re, the realization of of what needs to happen and that doesn't come in a in a quick fix all you can eat menu sometimes <laughs> Supersize me, baby. 
but yeah, so it's it's like it, it's funny because like and I, I I'm guilty of it. Like I always want that simple quick fix, like Adam mentioned, because it's just easier. Because it's like okay, give me the pain now. I'll take a little bit of Advil for it, and you know we'll move on. And you know that is not the way it comes to and that's not how god teaches us and that's not how we deal with finances with our spouses because our spouses have a different attitude and different walk of life and you know look at finances differently than i do i look at it as a utility my wife doesn't look at it as a utility it's a it's a need to be able to help and equip people around her to fill fulfill their needs whatever that is so if it's whether it's cody needs another pair of sneakers or a 300 bat no matter what it is it's going to be found to get a $300 bat because he needs it in order, you know, to fill that, you know, part of his life. So it's a change and you have to learn how to be able to have that conversation and not sound like a total jerk to your wife that, you know, um, we can get a hundred dollar bat instead of a $300 bat. And, you know, he can still swing it and still hit a baseball. <laughs> it's just not a $300 bat because he doesn't look like, you know, he's uh Barry bonds, you know, of the 12 U, you know, yeah, yeah. For, for my wife, it's, it's sanity. It's, it's a balance. And if, if that, if our finances are in a muck, then she's out of balance. You know, it's more of a security from, from my wife's aspect, just it, it centers her and, and keeps her from just, just, it, it balances her to, to, to other things in life too. So if, if finances are off, it just, screws everything else up here's a question how many of you guys like based off that unbalanced thing how many of you guys have a the emergency fund in place i do everybody everybody got emergency mm-hmm. fund okay yeah, it's not big enough but i've got one in place yeah so in your mind here's the thing is like when your emergency fund is at that thousand dollars what is your attitude taco bell just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everything's Taco Bell. Taco, Taco Bell. No, like, like, so, so what, what's your emotional state? Is it like high, you know, uh, you know, at a level or you even keel? Like you feel comfortable in your. Uh, I will tell you, like, getting the emergency fund, having the emergency fund decreases even my stress level right. by orders of magnitude. So, so let's take a step back and just define there for folks. So, Eric, can you just tell us a little bit about Dave Ramsey's and a little bit about the idea behind the emergency fund, real quick? Yeah. So I didn't. I, I it would have come up more in my when I chatted about yeah, it. But yeah, Dave yeah, Ramsey figured, does this yeah. thing called Financial Peace University. Um, it's a a great program that talks about just building healthy financial habits. And the first thing that you do this, and he has it broken down into seven baby steps. The first baby step is to generate a one thousand dollar emergency fund. And the third baby step is to generate an emergency fund that is three to six months of your expenses, not your salary, but the amount of money that you spend in a month. So, and so what happens is you end up being able to cover it if, you know, you can't work for a few months, right? Right. Or if something major happens, like your roof blows off in a tornado or whatever, while you're waiting for insurance, you're able to cover your expenses to do stuff like that. But so, so like, here's the key. And this is the one thing that didn't trigger in my head with that whole process is like, it's a thousand dollars cash. It's not like a credit card that you have a thousand dollar, you know, about a lot of people are like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah." I always had the, you know, the conversation with people. It's like, Oh yeah, we have credit cards. That's our safety net. I'm like, that's not a safety net. It's like, I can't tell you how much like when that thousand dollars is not up to a thousand dollars, I get panicky and I'm like, okay, no matter what we're doing, we're getting that back right, up. Right, right. 
because it's so comforting to sit there and go and, get, and I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation, especially like during COVID when things were like so like up and down. It was like, hey, honey, guess what? We get a thousand dollars. If anything decides to crap the bed, we can just pull from that and we'll take care of it. And guess what? Nothing crapped the bed. Nothing was a freaking emergency. Nothing was like a panic at all with my wife. And it was like so perfect because it was like, okay, I've got the safety net. And that safety net is like so huge. And a lot of people are like, until you grasp that, you can't even like get to the bigger, like, you know, bulk of like, how do you cut down your credit cards or how do you mm-hmm. cut down all of the debt? Because you don't have anything to hold you up. Like it's a, it's a great prop. It's like, it's, it's amazing. So, that's you know, that's my advice for me is like, dude, if you don't have that, stop what you're doing, dude, just work on, you know, you know, get a side hustle that you can get a thousand dollars in your account just so it's sitting there and you will feel better and you will sleep at night, which is really huge. <laughs> so, well, and, and so, you know, as far as Heather and I getting on the same page, mm-hmm. it took us 10 years of being married to get on the same financial page. And I will tell you, like, like we joked about me using overdraft as part of my checking account. But the reality is I did some very creative accounting yeah. in order to keep <laughs> our bills paid. Um, I would transfer money from this credit card to that bank account pay that off and then i'd send it right back a week later and like i, you know, I was like a new mathematical math. financial <laughs> that's where new math like, came from eric it was, it creative was insane. Accounting. like and it was so much work did you work for enron i just want to make sure um and so you know and it's funny and w- i wouldn't prioritize things i had a very selfish view of my finances we all um, do I, and and by that, what I would mean is like Heather would be like, we need a curtain rod for our house. I'm like, can we wait until the next paycheck? <laughs> no, but the neighbors keep seeing you naked every time you walk by the window. <laughs> and she's like, sure, we can wait till the next paycheck. And then the next day I'd be like, let's go out to dinner. Mm. Like just that's a curtain rod. Crap, you know? <laughs> totally. like, yeah. And and what I also didn't realize, like you were talking about the emergency fund. And actually, we were just I, I'm actually teaching this class right now. Um they were just talking about how like most women, their financial security greatly affects their comfort period. Right. Like that feeling, like I don't know what's going to happen and I can't do anything about it significantly taxes their, it stresses them out for all intents and purposes. It stresses me out, dude. And I'm not and even so, a woman, but yeah, well it stresses everybody out. But I think, I think I could, I didn't even notice, honestly, Sure. It was just the way I'd always done it. But for Heather, it was like, we don't have any safety net. And she came from a family where they didn't even have a credit card. Like, it was scandal when her dad came home with, like, a little $100 credit card. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. use a credit card their entire life. And so when she saw what I was doing, she's like, yeah, I don't want any part of that. Just make sure we have the money we need for groceries. <laughs> right? Um, but it wasn't really taking care of her. And it caused a lot of resentment and it did cause a lot of fights. And so, um, I don't know, I guess it was like back in 2010 ish, we did financial peace university. And it was the first time that somebody put it all in black and white and like gave me a process that I could follow. A simple process. it It is a simple process. And, and I'll tell you, man, you talk about that emergency fund, that emergency fund is the difference between surviving and living. Because here's the deal, like you said, like that underlying stress 
when I when we first of all, Heather and I, because of Financial Peace University, got on the same page. We started actually talking about our finances and all of that undercurrent of stress and resentment from me not really paying attention to her needs. We actually talked about. And then we actually started doing a budget meeting and we actually started telling our money where to go. And that budget meeting meant we were actually talking about it every month, not just the one time we took the class. So it helped improve it. And it helped me start to really realize um, how stressed out I had made Heather, eh? And how I hadn't really been taking care of her. And so... um, But then the emergency fund kind of gave us a little bit of breathing room. And I'll tell you that when we first did it, I think a couple of occasions we had to do something with it. But like you said, Eric, the second it was below $1,000, we replenished that thing. That was like our highest priority investment. Well, so the funny thing with the emergency fund is that it's, it's deemed the emergency fund because it helps you think about when you're looking at a problem that's in front of you, what is it? Is it really an emergency? Right. Like, like if the car's uh, like, you know, engine has gone and you need to replace the transmission in it, that's an emergency if you don't have the money in your account to be able to pay for that, you know, but not like, oh, we can't put food on the table, you know, like, I mean, that yes can be, but at the same time, it's probably if you didn't spend the extra hundred dollars on Amazon or something or whatever, that could have gone to food, you know, that it's, it's poor. It's, you need to look at your budget again and tweak it. You know, it's not like a critical thing that is going to impact, you know, life or death. Yeah. And I'll tell you something funny about the emergency fund. Even when we have emergencies, quote unquote, like at one point our fridge died. Now we happen to have another one in the garage. It wasn't big enough for what we do on a weekly basis, but it could hold us over. And we actually started, we're like, okay, well, we have an emergency fund. We'll go buy a new fridge. We started looking at the new fridges and I'm like, there's That's nothing than here that fund. I really want. Yeah. So we went back to Facebook marketplace and bought one for like 150 bucks from somebody who had already awesome. had it. I yeah. just That's didn't awesome. want to, I didn't, it wasn't important enough to, for me to spend the thousand dollars I was going to have to spend to buy it new. Yeah. Well, it makes you think about utility over like right. bells and whistles and like the latest. Right. And so I, a number of times, you know, sometimes even those car repairs, like they're important to do, but are they, do they have to be done right this second? Yeah. If I'm driving on it, can I budget into next month? Can I add it to this month's budget? Like instead of, I, I tr- we, I mean, we use the emergency fund when we have to. But I will tell you, we do our best never to dip into the emergency fund unless it's an actual emergency. If there's any way around it, we find another way around it. Mm-hmm. And between not having any debt, like credit cards, and having that emergency fund, it feels like we can just make better decisions, period, I mean, it's about not, life. It's not a feeling. It's a guarantee. Like You can make clearer judgments because you're not having pressures of like, what is around the corner? What's going to happen next? And how is, you know, this going to impact it? Or like the, even the things that just pissed me off the most when we were, you know, married, when we were still, not when we were married, when we're when still we married. Were married. <laughs> is Wait, that, is there something we need to know, Fife? The, I no, know you and Eric were married? <laughs> yes. We never fought about finances though. Um, <laughs> the, um, the funny thing, like my, my budgets in my wife that still rubs me a long way and still something that I'm still working through is that a, a birthday, an anniversary, uh, 
you know, whatever, like birthday and anniversary specifically, we'll focus on those two. Those always come up every year. They are always a surprise every time they roll around in my house. I don't understand. Like, you know, six months down the road, guess what? Your sister's birthday and your mother's birthday and your birthday are all falling in the same month. That's just the way it's been for 30 plus I, years I have, to, I have to put it on a calendar. I'm sorry. Well, right. But knowing the date is different than knowing that it's coming up and that, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise that all of a sudden, you know, you didn't budget for it. It's like, you know, if you or Christmas and you know, it's kind of those things, it's just changing the mindset of like, you know, you get the budget down, but your budget becomes not flexible enough to be able to expand or contract. And that, you know, that's a challenge in it's of its own. And you learn that in financial peace and you have those discussions and those arguments and those meetings. But you know, it, it, it's a process. And I, I it's funny because the one thing I left with financial peace when I did it the first time was like, yeah, this is a great system. I was all gung ho about it. But my wife wasn't on board. And, you know, for whatever reason, we struggled for the next like 10 years to figure that out and try to deal with that balance because it was a one I was a one paycheck household. And, you know, I mean, Eric, you, you're a one paycheck household. I mean, um, now that my wife's working, we got two incomes and it's very beneficial because we got a lot more spending money. So it's harder to control that than it is to have just one paycheck a lot of times where it's just like, this is the absolute and you're stuck with it. You know, you can't do much more um, or less with whatever you have. So, you know, it's those it, that's an evolution. And I I, I, I come from a different atmosphere. I'm um, a type A person, as we all know. And so I like to be part of the process. But at the same time, I'm also like I have. I like to be involved with it along the way. My wife has a different you know, way of managing that money. So I have to, you know, kind of learn to pull back and adjust that because I can be a bull in the China closet and tell her, you know, Hey, we should be paying a, B and C, you know? And she's like, no, well, we have this coming up and this is what we have to, you know? And, and so that's that conversation that Eric was talking about and still has with Heather that, you know, once you finally get that click and it's not just a one-time click, it's it, it seasons change. It's ongoing, and, right? Oh God. And it, it fluctuates depending on, you know, where you are in your status of life, whether you have more, you know, your kids are older or younger or in between or off to college or not. Um, and you know, all of those things can hit you hard and some of them can, you know, be a, an easy bump in the road, but you know, I, I, from my experience, yeah, that, 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 that's the biggest, the life, like walk away. I could tell anybody if anything you can gleam out of this entire conversation is that that emergency fund will save your bacon every time because it helps you at least build from something solid and to go from there and you might get it and you might not. Yeah. And I would also, I would also say the other important thing, if you are married is beyond work at being on the same page financially with your wife like there is nothing more powerful than the two of you working together towards a common goal you know and having the conversation about priorities is really important yeah that, that was the biggest thing for us is um you know because we had the time after we got married that you know liz really took the reins and we we um we we made some you know made some good decisions he was like hey let's pay off your credit card like she really got us on the right track but then from there we were like all right well we're on the right track and we both had very different ideas of like how to take things from there um so um you know we would all very often have the convert like something that she wanted to buy something that i wanted to buy and like 
you know, because like my thoughts were like guitar pedals and guitars and all kinds of crazy things. I'd be like, Hey, let's do that. And then she would be like, no, let's buy shoes and clothes. And because her stuff costs less than mine, she would come home with that or be like, you know, I, I'd be like, Oh, and so the, the idea, like we'd always have this conversation of, well, Oh, you get to buy things that I don't or vice versa. Like it was just, you know, always kind of like that. And then we, <laughs> Liz we always the, has the knack. Liz has, has the knack for like, honey, I brought home like four million things and I only spent this much. Yeah. And they paid me five dollars to take it all. Yeah, she yeah, has, yeah. It falls like you're so right. And then meanwhile, I'm like, they asked, you know, I'm looking at this guitar. Um, it says a thousand dollars, but I'm gonna give him fifteen hundred because I really want it. Like, you know, like we have a whole different idea. And so, so like actually that's a good Paul. point. Like, Here's a little tip for that, because I learned this with my wife, and maybe it's because I'm older now and my kids are off to college, is that we have a we, – we've deemed a – because I used to get annoyed all the time. She would order stuff for her classroom or school or for the house and decorations, and she was exactly like Liz. She would, could be like, I have a $75 coupon off of $100. I'm like, I don't understand how that equates to you saving money you know, in the whole process. It's like you have to find pieces of paper to give them to tell them that you want to spend $100, but they're going to give you $75 back. Right. Like, it, I don't understand that. That process so you know she she'll try to school me on coupons on the long run but we set a limit basically we had said you know because in our financial picture we were like okay we have some what's the word i'm looking for um additional income that was there and so we were putting some of that away but at the same time we also wanted to budget for like the things that we want is you know individuals for whatever like she wanted to go down to hobby lobby and buy something she didn't have to feel like she had to justify it to me when she brought it home you know, and if I wanted to go buy something for computer related or hobby related or whatever, I felt like, you know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, I have to like hide it and conceal it or come down on price, you know, or whatever in, in terms of not being truthful with it. So we basically said, you know, hey, this is our spending limit. If you get to that point and you're spending that amount, then it's OK. We shouldn't have any problems because we know we can do that. But if we yeah. go over that number, then we have that get that approval. And that's been a benefit yeah. because like I that's can freely buy some of the stuff really without feeling my wife feel like, you know, Hey, what is that? And where did you buy that? And how come you're spending that money? And it's like, yeah, well it, it, it's built yeah. in. So that's a good. Yeah. One. We, we, that's, the, that's one of the ways that we got on the same page is um, we decided that there was a, you know, a limit that we would chat with each other and, and figure that out. And, um, but that's, that was the biggest thing of going through that financial peace university is just getting on the same page. And yeah, it took some conversations to get there, but man, we used to fight about money. Like, early and often and we we don't and twice on like, Sundays just and twice on Sunday and yeah sometimes we'll have conversations and like you said Eric talking about going out to eat like I'm all about going out to eat man I love going out to eat and sometimes you know I'm like let's go out to eat and she's like no like but I, and I'm like well that means I have to cook something so I don't like that so you like need that other side to keep exactly let's go, out to eat. go ahead there's some weeds out there and some grass um take your sandwich so, outside i like ding dong hey the the neighbor paul is back he wants to go out to eat again um technically if i eat at somebody else's house my neighbor you are eating out um exactly so yeah it's hey, that's, Mom, that's been the biggest thing and i and i so I, I think you know chatting about that like we all came into our um our marriages with our own ideas you know it's funny how some of you you know talked about how you had the tools but not necessarily the behavior um and 
it's interesting how it's possible you can have the right tool, know how to use it, but if the behavior isn't there, if you know, if you, right. um, you know, uh, I prefer to call you know, it maturity, but you know, hey. you know well, that that too, and you know, that only comes with experience, right? And and I think that's legit. Like I know we've all had some probably tight times, and nothing is a better teacher than boy, I shouldn't have spent what I spent because right. now I don't have money for food or or the electric bill or what have you. So. Uh, thankfully, we've all, as we said this, we said this time and time again, we've all married amazing women and uh, all of them has helped us to um, understand, you know, um, looking at money from a different perspective and uh, um, certainly, you know, from a, always having, having somebody with that level of character, integrity, and, you know, again, having God at the center of that to, um to go through life with and partner with is amazing. Um, any other last thoughts about finances and budgeting and how easy it all is and just how there's no conflict at all. I mean, like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's like having a root canal and lobotomy at the same time. It's all good. Yes. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I will say like, I still have some work to do. Right. But hmm. I love where I am now from a financial point of view. And it's not because we're rich. It's not because we can spend whatever we want, right? but it's because I'm not doing it by myself. And a lot of the effort and labor that I was doing just to keep all of the plates spinning has gone away. It's a much simpler process. I sit down, I pay bills, I go away. I don't have to move money from A to B. And so like, and I don't like it, it's worth going through and building the healthy habits. It's worth yeah. it. It's worth being on the same page with my wife. Like, I I just think it's so important. And I think it's a part of, you know, that life more abundantly thing that Jesus talks about. Like, I, I have a level of freedom that isn't just surviving, you know? And so that I, I feel like if there was one thing that I wanted people to hear from this, like, you don't have to just survive financially. Yeah. You can thrive financially. And that doesn't mean that you'll be rich. It means that you won't have the stresses that go around, go around being captive to crisis and debt and the chaos that comes around not managing your money well. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. The one thing I would just throw into that would be just that know that it took you less time to get into the debt that it's going to take you a lot more to get out of it. And not, I'm not saying that as a, a negative, it's just to, as an understanding, because while you're going through, whether you do financial peace or not, or you come up with your own system and you try to work towards getting out of it, you're going to have to take the long road with it. Because if you try to find a shortcut, your shortcut's just going to get you farther into debt. It's going to get you a place where you're not going to ever feel like you're ever going to get out of the hole. And so know that the long game it, when it comes to getting out of debt is in play and that you just take one step at a time, you run the marathon and you work with your partner and do the best you can to work through the, the struggles and the issues because you, they're, you know, people and money are very closely knit. I mean, money's not the root of all evil, but at the same time, it, it's just, you know, one of those things that you just don't want to, you got to understand that, you know, the partner you're with is going to have a different view of how and what money is to them. And you just have to understand that, like everyone said, it, it, it's a process. And so run the marathon, 
and you'll be better off for it and you'll be getting able to get to the place you want to get to. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, it's also comes into an understanding of uh, nine times out of 10, you don't need it. And four out of five, you tried it. That's true. Actually, nine and times that, out yeah. of 10, you don't need nine it. Nine times out of 10. And, and, yeah. And you can send your comments to feedback at <laughs> or buy me a dinner <laughs> with a prize. That's right. Venmo too. <laughs> so thank, thanks so much for listening. Hopefully you've, you've uh, you, you hear our heart here. Uh, finances can be quite stressful um, just for, um, you know, uh, if you, if you're trying to do it alone, but also even more so if you're, uh, you know, partnering up with somebody and, you know, like Eric said, it, it doesn't, you don't have to live just month to month. You, you can actually thrive. You can, you know, make some, make some uh, decisions and um, learn from our mistakes. Um, and so thanks for listening. Um, join us again next time when we have another great topic coming up for you. Um, if you'd like to um, request a topic or just chat with us, um, you can reach us out at <laughs> feedback. I so much. Feedback. I so much. I had it. I had it written, and all I can think is feedback. Exactly. <laughs> Feed, feedback. Feedback. It's it's feedback <laughs> and tray tables in their upright positions. <laughs> I'm gonna pass out. Oh my gosh. And we're out. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Forefathers Podcast, where we talk about faith, fatherhood, and other F-words. If you want to learn more, head over to our website at the number four, fatherspodcast.com. If you'd like to help our show, make sure you give us a review on iTunes or in the podcast app of your choice. Those reviews help others find our show. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send those to feedback at forefatherspodcast.com.